What's up, Zip Nation? Once again, uh, we are we are on my main man Guy's page. We appreciate you for coming out. And as we always do, before while we give everybody time to pull up a seat for their favorite hour, we, we we gotta ask, how was your weekend, man? How was your weekend, fellas? What's, what's going on? Uh, you know, same old, same old, man. It's chilling. Uh, took the day off of work on Friday and just slept and was fat and ate pizza. It was a really good day. It's a really good day. Ah, ah where, where where you get the pizza from? Um, so I got a barbecue chicken from Jets. And then I also wanted to try something new, so I got a uh, pan pizza from Domino's with Alfredo sauce, but it didn't smack the way that I thought. I got Alfredo Wait, sauce. Wait, so you got pizza two sauce. pizzas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you different. You different. <laughs> yeah, he, he acting out rudely. <laughs> he acting out Ooh, the way my stomach would have looked at me. Like, Sir, <laughs> you thought you was finna cash two pizzas on me? Hey, Ooh, man, it it'd be like that sometimes. My stomach would have woke up and chose violence for the next three weeks straight. <laughs> uh, Chris, how was your weekend, man? It was cool. I went down to uh, Boston area and uh, went to a little bar. It was cool. It was cool. I didn't do much of nothing, though. You know. You know somebody got into something devious when they, like, downplay things that seem significant. <laughs> yeah, right. I just had to bar real quick. You know what I mean? I shot some bulls. And Chris might have kept somebody this weekend. That's, nah, that's why he's so low-key nah, about it. Nah, it be it ain't really much to do nowadays, man. With the panoramic going on, so it's, I'll feel you. I'll feel you. I'll feel you. Oh, so, so quick question, quick question before we get any any deeper in this thing. Are y'all have have y'all been vaccinated or are y'all planning on getting vaccinated? Um, so I have not been yet, but I know uh quite a few people that's gotten a Moderna, and every person I talked to has said like they haven't had any side effects or anything like that. So I'm it's kind of you know swaying my decision because I was a little skeptical at first. Okay, what you think, Chris? What you think? Uh, I actually just got my appointment today. Finally, out here they just opened it for my age group this week. But <laughs> everybody at my job didn't got it. Cause I'm the youngest one there. But I just got my appointment this week. I'm got. I'm going to 27th for April to get the PF PF visor. Um, the good thing though is it's at Gillette Stadium, so I get to go to Gillette Stadium now to get my shot. So. Oh, word, word. Wait, don't y'all got interns at your job? I heard y'all have interns yeah. over there. Yeah, they, they come and go, though. They come and go, though. <laughs> word, word, You're a sick man. So, You're a sick man. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. So, so I took the uh, I took my first dose of the Moderna joint uh, recently. And let me tell you, it was the smallest pharmacy I've ever been in. And the sick part about it is the, the spot where I went to get vaccinated at, they um it was on the news it was on like central north carolina's biggest news station like this is one of the places in wake county that is offering the uh vaccine bro when i went in there i said wait a minute what what type of pharmacy is this boy it was about <laughs> it was literally enough room for us three to fit in there maybe one other person and that was it and i was just like oh oh no nah, this is this is i was two seconds away from Ma'am, are you heating my vaccine up on the spoon? What's going on? <laughs> but you know, I mean, it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. So we're going to get into this show today, man, because we I don't, I don't want to waste no time with it. I want to play no games with it. We got a, a, a packed show as far as, I mean, apparently the NBA is trying to compete with the NCAA. So I guess we could just call it May Madness since uh, that's, that's the route that they're choosing to take here. And uh, we also got some, some, Things as far as the not only how the play in works, who likes to play in and who doesn't, but what's going on with the NBA, man? It feels like we're in the dog days. 
right after the uh, right after the All Star break, where teams kind of cool it a little bit before that final playoff push. And and you know, some teams are cooling it. Some guys are taking days off. They're taking personal days. They're taking uh, they're taking PTO. I didn't know the NBA offered such a a, a frivolous PTO package, but you know, I, I might have to go snatch a rebound if thirty uh, <laughs> percent of the work year is, is something you can take off. Also, we might have to get into this transfer portal because I mean, everybody and their mama. If you played in college last year and you didn't drop twenty five a game, you probably are in the transfer portal right now, and that's all right. That's all right. We're gonna talk to you too. So does that run down sound good for y'all, fellas? Sound good to me. All righty. Well, we're going we gonna to get it right rolling. Uh, be- before we get this thing rolling, I got to introduce the master of the mix and master, Josh Guyton. That is I. The money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen. Right here, right here. And your little old MC, that's me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, to start this thing off, we got the playoff or the play-in, rather. Ain't that amazing? Ain't that amazing? It, it, who would have thought in our lifetime we would go from talking about the playoff to talk about the play-in? But anywho. Uh, the play-ins, seven through ten seeds, are all going to be playing. Basically, the way this thing works, seven and eight are going to play each other, and the loser of the seven and eight game waits for the winner of the nine and ten game, and the winner of the uh, the game between the loser of seven and eight and the winner of the nine ten game gets into the playoffs. That's correct, right? That's that's how it's gonna yeah. go. Seven and yeah. Yeah. all right. So that's it, well, both I know conferences. It sounds, <laughs> right. It's gonna be for both conferences. And I know it sounds complex, but when we if, if you saw a video of it, it'll be a little simpler. Uh don't worry about it. It's it's something you could Google and it'll come up fairly easily. Now, with that being said, on the West, we have the Mavs at seven, Grizzlies at eight, Warriors at uh nine, Spurs at ten. The Pelicans are two games behind at 11. On the East, you have the Heat at 7, Hornets at 8, Pacers at 9, Bulls and Wizards tied, but technically the Bulls own the tie break for the 10th seed on the East. Now, I'm going to just drop some uh, quick little opinions on the play-in, and then we'll we'll keep it uh, going from there. And I'm going to ask y'all how y'all feel about it, okay? Luka Doncic, of course, is saying, I don't understand the idea of a play-in tournament. You play 72 games to get in the playoffs. Then maybe you lose two in a row and you're out of the playoffs. I don't see the point of that. Um, Steph Curry said, I like the opportunity that's in front of us. We have an opportunity to make this season some mean something down the stretch because of the play-in. The opportunity of peaking at the right time. Scott Brooks, head coach of the Wizards, says, I love it. <clears throat> it's been a challenge, not only physically what the players have been, but that's life. You gotta keep. You gotta get back up and keep charging forward and moving forward. And our favorite on facts over acts. One of our favorite coaches, regardless of league. Tim says, "I think there's a lot of benefits to it, and so I guess it depends on what perspective you're looking at it from." I thought Mark articulated very well. Speaking of Mark Cuban, uh, he talked initially about. He talked about initially he voted for it, all the benefits, and we saw that I think everyone felt the same way. And so I think we have to let it play out first and then assess it again. But I think a lot of I think a lot of teams being involved in important games, uh, I think that's good for the league. I think you're always concerned about that. And so let's see how it plays out. But the initial thought of it, I think is very good. So and and I know Guyton is probably gonna take the old man approach to this. 
<laughs> and he gonna he gonna be hating on the play in. So Chris, I'm gonna let you start this one off, and then we are gonna get the guy, man, because we don't need the hate right now. We don't need. <laughs> All right. So for me, for me, for me, uh, based off the four people we quoted, uh, Luca, Steph Curry, Scott Brooks, and Tibbs. Yeah, and there are uh, really endless quotes on this, but we just pulled those four. Right, right, right. The, the four we picked, uh, we picked them for a specific reason. One, we picked two players and we picked two coaches because those are the people that show up to work every day and, mm-hmm. and perform for us. So right. based off of Luca comments, I kind of agree with him. Um, he started off the season slow, and then he picked up really fast. Then Porzingis started, came into the season late. So I keep what Luca's saying um, – because if they were fully healthy this year, I think they'd be. We all had them in top four or five seeds this year before yeah. they started off yeah. slow. And Porzingis didn't start off the season with the team. But that being said, I think this actually is going to give them a, a a better chance, actually, because if they play in it. Now, there's still time where they can miss it. But if they play in it, because then it'll get that some of the playoff jitters off of Luka. Because I think last year he played well. Don't get me wrong. He took the Clippers to seven games. But... It's, he lost the first couple games, I feel like, because of the playoff jitters. That was his first time in the playoffs. Porzingis hasn't really played in the postseason like that. So it, it, it kind of uh, takes some of the jitters off of it. Now, in Steph's situation, the Warriors have been up and down with their roster all year long. They've been Players been in and out that door like crazy with injury. Yeah. So this gives them a chance to get Steph. Steph can get hot, and they could go through the playing tournament quick and be a seven seed. And then they could they could wind up against a team like the like the uh, the Jazz or the Suns because the Jazz just lost Donovan Mitchell for a couple weeks. I'm not so sure a hot step in the playoff series. I'm not so sure the Jazz win that easily. I'm not so I'm not 100 sold on that. Even though the Warriors on on paper are not a better team than the Jazz this year, I'm not so sure you put Steph against that Jazz team and he gets hot. They 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 roll over the, the Warriors. Uh, you know what? That Warriors team has the IQ, uh, the basketball IQ of a piece of paper. So, I mean, that the, the team on paper, we're not even going to talk about that. Guy, what do you think about this play-in, man? Um, so, from a fan perspective, I want to see it. I mean, it's more basketball. Essentially, we're getting bonus playoff basketball. It's going to be exciting. We're, we're going to want to see those games. But from the player's perspective, I can understand um, how some players wouldn't want to play it, right? You play those games in the regular season to get those spots, and then you get to a point where you're basically playing a, a single-game elimination tournament, and it's not like every team is at full health 100% of the season. It's not like things don't affect players. So you can get to the point in the season to where you've been playing well to get to this point, and you might have a player that might miss a game. You might have a player that's hurt. And that's affecting your chance to make the playoffs because you have to play extra games in this play-in tournament. Um, Also, I think that teams like Dallas, teams like Memphis, wouldn't want to play in a tournament like this because they've played to the point to where they can get a good seed, they can get a seven seed, they can get an eight seed. And then you match up against a Golden State who has a player like Steph Curry that's experienced in the playoffs that can get hot. And even though you outplayed them as a team during the season, you're essentially playing a playoff game. And you don't want to match up against that. Even though the Spurs don't have the best talent, you're going up against a a coach that has basically 20 years in a row of playoff experience. So a team like Memphis, I can understand how, like, they wouldn't want to play in a a tournament like this because you're basically playing playoff basketball at that point. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. For me personally, I look at this and I I, I agree that it's it it doesn't really make a lot of sense 
to me, especially in a year like this where the shortened season or the shortened offseason, rather, has manifested itself in a lot of injuries. A lot of guys are injured. And to me, it's it's just it doesn't really seem fair because if that's the case, then I believe that they should permanently take away a decent amount of games from the regular season. I don't mind having a whole May Madness and like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna compete with the NCAA as far as like a, a play and all that. Sure, whatever. Yeah. But if you're gonna do that, don't then tell the players, oh, you still gotta play 82. And then after the 82, you gotta come in and play a play in. Right. Because at, at that point, what was the point of 82? What? Exactly. And, yeah. and, and if this, <clears throat> and the other thing is, I don't like the playoff or the play in because the playoffs are already wide enough. Yeah. Without the play in, 16 teams make it to the playoffs. Right. Now, for the fans out there who aren't necessarily great at math, let me help you out here. The NBA is not the NFL. They do not have 32 teams. They have 30 teams. With that being said, you can be in the bottom half of the league and still yeah. make the playoffs. If you can't be in that, that it should not be 20 of 30. Two-thirds of the league do not deserve to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, but that's just the facts of this. The Pelicans are only two games behind the Spurs all this time ago. Who can look me in the face on this crew right now and tell me what you've seen out of the Pelicans, especially in the fourth, they deserve to be in this in, in any anything <laughs> listen, that resembles a play. Listen, the Pels will be up twenty one going into the third. At the end of the third, <laughs> they'll be they'll they'll be about fourteen up. They'll By the time the last buzzer go off, they be down too. It'd be like yeah. how? How but but here here's the thing with the play in that I'm interested in though. If regardless of what team slide in there, if Utah holds on to this one seed, I think I would be interested in seeing Utah going against any of these teams in a seven game series. I don't have faith in Utah to to have them like handle either one of these teams without at least well, a little bit of pressure. I would agree with you if they didn't have Bogdan like they didn't have him last year. But you remember the team, the only team other than the Lakers that gave that Nuggets team problems was the Jazz. And they didn't have Bogdan. Now, with Bogdan, I think the Jazz roll over any of these teams other than the Warriors because you have someone like Seth, Steph Curry who, if he goes 40, 50, 40, 50, that's going to be a tough four games to take off. And he can do it. It's possible for him to do it. Right, right. It's, right. it's within so, his grasp. So. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm a, The only way that this could be exciting, possibly, is for the East. That's the only way this could be exciting. What, yeah. Who are the top two seeds in the West right now? It's the the Jazz and, and the, the Suns. And the Suns. The Suns. But the Suns probably take it because Donovan Mitchell just went out with a bad ankle sprain. He probably gone three to four weeks. So I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see a single team in the, out of this West that's competing with either one of them. I'm sorry. Steph, sure, he'll put up 50. Too bad they're going to allow 120. Like, that's just <laughs> – Right. The, the, the Warriors are – we can all agree that – the, the Mavs are probably the best overall team out of that bunch in the West, right? Yeah. Y'all can see the Mavs slowing down the Suns? No. Y'all can see the Mavs slowing down the, the, the Jazz? I think they got a better chance against the Jazz than the Suns. I think a lot of those teams got a better chance against the Jazz. I agree. I agree that the Jazz are not the same as, as good as the Suns. I, I, would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But none of those teams on the West have a shot. I'm 
I'm sorry. I don't. There is not a world to me where this Spurs team beat the Jazz. There isn't. If they remain healthy, if the Jazz remain healthy, if Donovan Mitchell can, if he can limp out on that court, there is not a world <laughs> in which I see the, in either of these teams winning. The East, however. Man, kid, we all picked the, the Wizards to make it. The Wizards get in there. Yeah. Ooh, and I'm going to tell you what. Oh, man. And, and I'm going to tell you what. And I'm going to tell you what. The Wizards have now figured out how to get down in the stands as a unit. And this is this is scaring the rest of the league. Because everybody knows the Wizards have the, the walking triple-double in Russell Westbrook. Also, you have one of the most efficient, effective scores in the game in Bradley Beal. You don't want to see that if you're the top two seeds in the East right now are the yeah. 76ers and the Nets, correct? Yeah. Yep. If you're the Nets, I mean, and we're going to talk about this later. They've played 50, how many so games so far? 57 games. 57 games. Kyrie's missed 21. KD's hurt again. Harden is hard. I'm sorry. If you if you go, go to the wrong place, DC might not be, the, the he might be all right there. If they got to play the Heat in the first round, if James Harden got to go to Miami, <laughs> hey, listen, he going to live Miami, in Miami. Miami, wow. Like he's living in Miami, okay? Miami, wow. So, I mean, the Hornets, the Hornets without Melo, that's that's fish food for whoever. That's that's uh, that's a red lobster, uh, endless lobster. That's, that's what that, or endless shrimp. That's what that is right there. The Pacers, if if they get the right team, if they run into again, I think that the Pacers are perfectly built to beat a Nets team because the the Pacers are a, a good offensive team, but defensively is where they hang their hat and they yeah. play as a unit. The Nets' yeah. biggest problem is they lack chemistry, they lack defensive communication. DeAndre Jordan has been so bad on defense this year; yeah. it's been like appalling. I could have never imagined like, oh yeah, DeAndre Jordan's probably going to be one of the worst defenders in the league coming up pretty soon here. So but he here, is. Here's the reason why I think that the Nets are poorly coached. And here's an easy fix for the Nets' biggest problem, regardless if their big three is completely healthy or not. Why is Claxton not getting 30, 35 minutes a game? Well, he is now with all the injuries. He is now. With all I still don't think he's playing enough. I still don't think he's playing enough. Your, your guess is as good as mine. I... I couldn't tell you a reason to keep on. Again, if I was them, seeing DeAndre Jordan play basketball this year, he does not need to be on the court no more. <laughs> I would say, if you look when, at all of the reasons that they picked up DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, Claxton fills all of those boxes. He checks all of those boxes for him. Well, well, I, I, again, not saying you're wrong. Not saying you're wrong. He fills all those boxes, and LaMarcus Aldridge just retired because of heart irregularities. By the way, LaMarcus Aldridge has always been one of my favorite power forwards to watch. Um, when I first started doing my career in 2K, it was the year that Dame got drafted, and it was me and Dame in the backcourt with Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> we won like eight straight championships. I got he holds a place in my heart forever. Uh, we wish him the best. We 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 sincerely hope that uh, yeah. whatever is going on with his heart gets figured out. But back to the business of the matter. Honestly, the East teams, the top two teams, should be worried. They should be concerned, right? Even with Philly, Philly is. Those boys are made of glass. They best two players. I mean, it's Mr. Glass and the dude on SpongeBob who breaks his legs every day he wakes <laughs> up and collapses a lung every night when he goes to bed. So I mean, oh, they need to be on the lookout too. But the West, I think, is is fairly fairly uh, 
So, it's gonna so be tough. Out of those teams that we have in the East, we got five right now that's battling. What what team do you think is out? Um, I I, I I think the Hornets. I, I think got the, the Hornets, Hornets too. Without the Lucas, Hornets, the Hornets have an explosive team that can get baskets, but nobody knows how to create a basket. Lamelo was the one that created opportunities for him. While mm-hmm. him, and their offense, they're, they're just standing around at this point. I, exactly. I disagree. I disagree. Um, I hate to be that guy, but when Gordon Hayward comes back into this lineup, Miles Bridges has taken on a lot of his places. Melo's been on. He's been balling. PJ so Washington, sure. another guy who's been balling since Lamelo went out. Um. Terry, scary Terry, seventeen in the first against these Portland Trailblazers, and they up eighteen right now. Um, like they're they're not a bad team without Melo. I think the Bulls are going to hurt more because Zach Levine is out for fourteen days because of health and safety protocols. So I think the Bulls, if they can't win at least five hundred, they can go five hundred in these next seven games. I think they're going to drop below the Raptors, and the Raptors are just outside the playing tournament. I'll tell you what, Miles Bridges finally decided to get out the booth as soon as Lamelo got hurt. He said, "All right, I need to stop rapping for a little bit, man. I need to, I need to worry about throwing down on folks." But yeah, Miles Bridges has taken a a really good step forward. Um, and the the, the Hornets, I don't. My reason for saying the Hornets are going to be out is not my dislike of, or my disbelief in the Hornets. It's my belief in all these other teams. Right. I mean, the, the Bulls. I believe that. I believe it's either going to be the Pacers or Bulls, but I believe that the Pacers, I mean, not the Pacers, the Hornets or the Bulls, but I believe the Bulls have just enough uh, veteran experience, just enough guys who have who have been around for a little while. And I'll tell you the X factor in this for me. If Kobe White plays well down the stretch, the Bulls will be fine. They'll be fine. But if Kobe White, with, the, with being asked to be um, a – with being asked to take on a little more of a load with Zach out the next two weeks, it'll that'll really uh, determine it for me. But honestly and truly, all of those teams are really good. Um, none of them, I think, are like this is a bad team. I don't know why they're here. None of them. Right. Even the Wizards, who like this has been the like most said, balanced the East been in a while. It's been the oh, most yeah. balanced the East oh, yeah. been in a while. Oh, yeah. The the Pelicans are legitimately like I don't I have no faith in them. I have no faith in Stan Van Gundy, no faith. Uh, the Pelicans, no faith. Um, anybody that's not named Zion or Brandon Ingram down the stretch, my faith in you has evaporated if it even right. was there to begin with. Lonzo, I'm looking at you. I had faith. It disappeared over time. But everybody else? Mm. Listen, listen. We didn't even bring up this point. Tibbs and the Knicks, they could drop into the playing tournament. They like 6-7 oh, no range. They like 6-7 range right now. No way, no way. Because remember, it's the seventh through the tenth, though. So if oh, they, yeah, you're right, you're right. So if they seven seed, they'll be in a playing tournament, which I think you're they right. win it. But I mean, I I see it like this: the way that is going with Tibbs, the 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 formula is always the same. You play your starters forty minutes, and you you let the 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 backups figure it out where they may. Now the beauty of it is, you're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. Yeah. The problem of it is, well, once the playoffs start, you and like fatigue off, you can't do it. You can't do it. And 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 I'll tell you what, there is a bigger difference between uh, the Heat and the Bulls slash Wizards than there is between the Knicks and the Heat. So I, there is some credence to what you're saying there, Chris. There's only there's only one and a half games in front of the uh, Heat, but I I don't know how much ground the Heat can make up. After their terrible start, they've been playing well. 
But I don't know and, how much grounding. Uh oh. And then the report that came out, Jimmy Butler said that they playing soft. I, now I didn't have a chance to fact check it, but he said they playing soft. Remember what happened last time? Jimmy Butler said the team's playing soft. The <laughs> he said the Heat are playing soft. The, he said the him the Heat lost ten of their last sixteen games, and Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler said the Heat have been playing soft. Last time Jimmy Butler said that the Timberwolves were in the playoffs. I'm just gonna point that out to the audience. Yeah. The Timberwolves, the Tim, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the team that's at the bottom of the Western Conference right now, went to the playoffs. By the way, they've been playing a lot better since D-Love been back. Shout out to them. But okay, so so we're gonna we're gonna switch. So let me let me just talk about this a little bit because we talk about the playoffs and teams that are in or out or wherever the case may be. I think one team that we can all agree that we know they're gonna make it, but we don't know exactly what seed they'll be is the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers, right? And with that being said, what's going on with the Lakers, man? This last week was so confusing for me because they get a win against they after they beat the Nets. They go 2 and 2 last week, right? They get a, a, a not an embarrassing but a fairly bad loss to the Celtics and then pull off an overtime win against the Jazz. What's going is is What's going on here? Is this just like a, oh, this is basketball. Y'all are professionals too. Even without your best players, there's an ebb and flow. Or is there something to this that like, all right, these these bench guys are starting to get confidence a little bit? I think uh, this is just a a symptom of a team that has LeBron at the, at the helm, which if you look at LeBron's teams throughout history, it's a group of pretty talented guys when you have somebody that's 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 that exceptional at basketball and that exceptional at playmaking, even yeah. regardless of what your role was on previous teams or what you know your abilities are, I feel like it's kind of hard to get a rhythm or a certain confidence going because you can get stuck sometimes, you know, being a corner guy or waiting to get the shot or you just got to fill out your spot. So when you're assigned to fill out your spots on the team and then that person is gone, I think it just takes a while to get rhythm back as far as like – Getting into a getting into an offense where it's not one guy handling the ball and putting the ball everywhere. So I think it's just a matter of a whole bunch of talented guys that's figuring stuff out with LeBron. Like I'm not surprised that they're winning some of these games, but at the same time, I just think it's hard for them to get into a rhythm uh, when when a guy like that just goes out immediately. Mm. Andre Drummond uh, went for what twenty and fifteen on sixty percent shooting against the Jazz. Oh, man, if only somebody had told us. He's more efficient <laughs> than what you idiots are thinking. But anywho, Chris, what you thinking, man? Is this just a, is this a natural, like, oh, the season, you get some wins, you get some losses, or are, are the are the bench guys, like, stepping up and figuring it out? Um, first things first, um, just like Guy said, when you have LeBron in your locker room, that is the ultimate leader. Like, once LeBron went to Miami, I think he learned what it takes to be a leader. And he learned that from Dwayne Wade. Because if you look at that 06 Heat team, D Wade had to learn how to be a leader. And he led those boys. Yeah. He led those boys. So that's part. You, man. Yeah, Pat Riley. I don't know, man. Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam was definitely a fan. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but. Wait, like, is Udonis be- Haslam still playing? Is he yeah, still yeah. Playing? He st- they yeah, they gave him on one year there. He's still yeah. on the roster. Good for him. Good for him. All right, go ahead. <laughs> but um, the the thing I the thing that that throws me the Jazz rested everybody once Donovan Mitchell get, went hurt they rested Gobert they mm-hmm. rest they rested three starters I'll just say that I'm not going to water that they rested three starters 
and Jordan Clarkson yeah. returned to the lineup. The Lakers still went to overtime with them, and they had everybody other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So yeah. I think this is evidence that they can be a good team because they pulled off the win regardless. They're just a team strictly built around Anthony Davis and LeBron James play style. Yeah. Like, you got a big body down low that can bang and let AD not guard the biggest center on the floor because he doesn't like doing that. Then you got LeBron at point guard who gives them size at the guard position and gives them playmaking out of this world. So he can set up AD, he can set up Drummond, he can set up the two shooters they have around those guys. So the thing is, for me, it's just the the team is a uh, – they're, they're hurting from what they're best at. And that's when their best two players on the floor, they are a very hard offense to stop. Mm-hmm. So I think that's mm-hmm. what's hurting them. They, they're a team built around two players. And when you have a team like that, it's hard for you to get wins yeah. in a, without them. You know, I, I, I when I look at this, when I look at these two, uh, or when I look at these four games, rather, that uh, the, the Lakers have played, right? Went over the Celtics. I mean, went over the Jazz, went over the Hornets, uh, lost to the Celtics. And who else did they lose to? They lost to the Celtics. And uh, I want to say it was – I, I can't remember who else they lost to there. But the the fact of the matter is simple. Um, this team, to me, like you said, you have two of the best players in the game. You're without two of the best players in the game. Ben McLemore somehow stepping up and scoring 14 points in, like, what was it, 12 minutes or something like that? Like, those are the types of things that happen when you force these guys into these roles. It's like with uh, the young man who's with the Rockets now, Christian Wood. Christian Wood with the Pistons was doing the things that he was doing, and he's still doing them now with the Rockets. In part, yes, because he's a good player, but also there's nobody else. Like you, it's it's just you. Like you, you have to figure it out or, or you don't. And when I look at the Lakers, that's what it has become. Andre Drummond has played on a team where it was him or nothing. Dennis Schroeder has played on a team where while they were balanced, he was the scorer. He was counted on to be the one A as far as scoring, and then everybody else fell in, or maybe not even the one A. He was, he might have been the one B as far as scoring went, but everybody else fell in line behind that. Um, all of the, a lot of the guys for the Lakers. At the end of the day, they were never 1A or 1B guys. They were never even twos for the most part. I mean, was Montrez Harrell ever the second option on the on the Clippers? And 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 that's where I struggle with the Lakers. <laughs> Morris, was he ever a second option? Did anybody ever look at him and say, nope. he's gonna be the game changer? Besides <laughs> last year when when the other Morris got bought out to the Clippers, did anybody has anybody ever looked at either one of them in the pros and been like, well, that's the game changer. There it is. Right. You got him. Oh, man. You're cont- like, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really, I see this as just, this happens in the NBA. Sometimes you win games. Sometimes you lose games. Like you said, the Jazz rested everybody in mom. Also, sorry for my knuckles being ashy. I just got the shot. forgot to loosen up. <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is simple. These, these, the guys that they have collected, they're a lot of good role players, but that's just what they are. Even on their teams before this, None of these guys, except the the two I just mentioned, were like, oh, he's the guy. He's it. So with that being said, like you said, you've got two of the best in the world. The team revolves around them. What happens to a planet once it loses its sun? It flies out of orbit. It has nothing to orbit around. That's what's happening with this team a little bit. They're flying out of orbit, but now they're figuring it out. They're figuring it back out. And honestly, this may be a good thing for them. This may end up being a very 
very good thing for them. I mean, the because you got to go with the trade-off of seeding for your your bench guys and your secondary scoring options and starters having confidence. What right. what do y'all think about that? Which one would you rather have, the better seeding or your bench guys having confidence? Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, right now the Lakers are a five seed, and I don't really, I didn't really see their seeding being much different. If I mean, of course, AD would make a difference, but if LeBron was still healthy. The way like the games have been going, I would still have the Lakers about a four seed just because mm-hmm. LeBron is known to coast, especially in the time where if you look at the West, I don't see a lot of teams beating a healthy Lakers team. So LeBron right. is known to coast. So a four or five seed is really like an even trade off to me. It doesn't make much of a difference. So I think this is good for them because one, if they maintain this five seed, is going to give those guys a chance to have a lot of confidence. And then they'll be able to game plan for the playoffs the same way as if LeBron was healthy because I don't think it, it'll change their matchup much. I feel, it. I feel it, Chris. What you thinking, man? Is this, man. is this a trade off you would take, or is this what? Which side would you take in this? Yeah, it looks so good. It seems scripted almost. It's like like they deliberately did this. Let me tell you a couple reasons why. The role players are getting a chance to get the spotlight on them. They're in LA, but all you hear about is LeBron AD. So now the spotlight's right. on them. So now when the spotlight gets on them in the in the in the, in the main event, when they end the playoffs, they ain't gonna feel that much pressure. Not only that. LeBron was over that. The, the news was like LeBron's overload. He wants that MVP. He wants it bad. LeBron's playing too many minutes. He's 36. He's playing too much. He's doing this. He's doing. He wants that scoring title. He wants to beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. LeBron's getting rest. Contrary to believe, I know he, look, we all know LeBron working hard day in day out, but LeBron is getting rest. Uh, healthy, rested LeBron going into a stretch straight into the playoffs. It just seemed too good to be true. It seems scripted almost. Like it just to me, it just seems scripted. I mean, you're not wrong. I I definitely have to take with the way that the West looks right now, and with the play-in tournament, I would definitely have to take my bench guys having uh, confidence over the seeding. Because at the end of the day, even if they were to end up a two seed, if you have to play the seven seed, you're gonna play a team that's hot, regardless of who you play. That team is going to be hot. They're going to be a team that's coming off of some wins. So with that in mind, to me, it's, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, well, regardless of the rest factor, just having your, having your, um, having your guys who, in the playoffs, everybody knows the game plan. The stars are going to be stars. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, Brown is going to get his 38 and 8. Uh, AD is going to get his 20, 10, and 5. You know that. But the, the game plan is always simple. Just like the Pistons up against Jordan and, and all that, and just like if you played Bron and the Cavs in 07. You get yours, sure. Everybody around you, I'm going to make it tough for y'all. I'm going to make it tight for y'all. Y'all are the ones that I'm going to expect the leaks in the system to come from. Right. With those guys gaining confidence, with those guys playing, with Schroeder being the primary ball handler, Again, Ben McLemore probably would not be playing as much. Yeah. Or maybe not at all if Brown and, and A.D. Rowley. Not, not to say he's trash. Not to say he's trash. He, I think he's a quality player. I think he's a good three and every now and then D player. But the fact of the matter is those guys getting shots up, uh, Drummond being the centerpiece of an offense again after not playing for so long, because it correct me if I'm wrong here, but the ever selling calves had him out for what a month, 
Yeah. Yeah. They they had so, them uh a month before the trade down was a trade deadline. Ex- so so to me, these guys playing again, Drummond having the ability to figure it out again, Schroeder having the ability to say, you know what, I am more than, you know, just a a, a secondary scoring option at times. It's it definitely is a um it definitely has a positive impact on that team. And now if we're speaking about impact, Mark Jackson, once again, I don't know why people love laughing at Mark Jackson, right? Mark Jackson is is no saint by any means. Um, I would not have him on my favorite people of the NBA list by any stretch of the imagination. But Mark Jackson be speaking facts, and people look at him <laughs> like he got three heads or something. Like it's, it's crazy to me. Because still, I have not heard any of those reporters who laughed at Mark Jackson's face when he said that uh, when he said that. Curry and Clay were the best shooting backcourt ever. When he said that when they were young, all those reporters that laughed in his face, I had not heard one of them come back. Hey, Mark, you were right. I'm sorry. But anywho, uh, Mark said that there is nobody that has impacted the game more than Steph Curry in the last 40 years. Now, we've had this conversation before, but here we find ourselves back again. Do we agree or disagree? Um, I disagree. Now, I know when we get on the topic of players impactful to the game, a lot of people that are, um, that are not, you know, students of basketball automatically go, let's go LeBron, let's go Kobe, let's go Jordan. I think they're like pretty far down the list, if we're being honest, when it comes to impact in the actual game of basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Steph Curry second in impact over the game of the past 40 years, but is that... The almost the mid eighties, early eighties. I would have Steph Curry second on that list, honestly. Um, the only person I'm putting over Steph is Dirk, because I look at long term effects on the game, and we haven't seen this half court three point version of basketball for enough years to put Steph first. Dirk was the first stretch European big that they gave big minutes to. And that they let you know be in control of a franchise, and we've seen teams attempt that with European players every year since Dirk has been drafted. Andre Bargnani. Good grief! Bargnani was the first, wasn't he? He was. He was the first overall pick to the oh Raptors. Oh my I god! Yeah. What a what a god awful pick! What a god awful pick! Oh, oh man! Jesus. I don't even remember Jesus. what draft that was. That was what? oh five. It was it was after, because Brown it was, was at, 03. Yeah, it was White after was Brown 04, now. right? Yeah, yeah. so it, was, it might it might have been 05. Yeah. I think it was 04 because Chris Paul was the second pick, right? Yeah, Chris. Paul oh was man, three. well imagine imagine if the Raptors had, had drafted Chris Paul instead. Oh, well, Bosh. Oh, that would have been nasty. Bosh wouldn't have left. Nasty. He wouldn't have left the run. I, I don't think so. I don't think I don't. I think the Brown would have had a much harder time getting the ring. A much harder time because Bosh wasn't leaving. So. No, that wasn't 05. 05, Bogut was the first pick. Mm, mm. It was 06. Okay. 06. Oh, so that's the year Way won. Uh, Shaq had just went left the Lakers. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, who, who was the who was the, the, the champions of 05? 05 was the Spurs. The Spurs. The Pistons Spurs. won in 04. The Spurs came back Spurs in 05. And then it was the Heat. Yeah. So, so with that, with that being said, uh, I, so Guyton, you don't believe he was the most impactful. You believe it was. Uh, I got it was top Dirk. Three. My top three over the past forty years is Dirk, Steph, and Shaq in that order. 
Mm, Dirk, Steph, and Shaq. Okay, all right. Chris, who who are your or who is your most impactful? Uh, who is the person that you believe has impacted the game more than Steph Curry, or is it Steph? Is he the most man, impactful in the last man, four years? I just watched the ESPN special on Dirk, and I hundred percent agree with Guy. That Dirk turnaround fadeaway jumper, man, he took what Jordan Kobe did and and took it to the next level. Because what they did was they faded back and they shot a lower jumper. Dirk turned around on one knee, used the knee for separation, and released it up high. Now a lot of players are doing that now on a block, and that's a hard shot. You can't block that shot because you got the separation with the knee, and then it goes over. But I will say this. Dirk didn't have players on a fast break. Instead of taking the two, they pass it off for a three. <laughs> he didn't have that. So I'm going to have to go with Curry had to be his impact. And even now, you see little kids, they don't even want to shoot the ball no more. It's not even it's even kids that's athletic that don't even want to dunk the ball anymore. They want to shoot. They want to shoot. They don't want to dunk I'll, the ball. They don't want to get to the basket. They want to shoot threes. I'll tell you who the most impactful person to the game was. And y'all gonna look at me like I'm crazy when I say it. He has never played a minute of NBA basketball. Daryl Morey has been more impactful to the game of basketball at large than any player we've seen in the last 40 years. Let me tell you why. This nonsense of money ball basketball (laughs) started with him. He is the direct, like you can trace all of these other, everybody start picking up all of Daryl Morey's assistants like, oh, I need an analytics guy. I need an analytics guy. I need an analytics guy. Everything with this nonsense of, oh, it has to be a three or it has to be at the rim. It, nobody else did that to the level that he did. Not even D'Antoni. One of one of Steve Nash's best shots was his floater, which was intentionally a mid-range shot because you had to think to yourself, okay, Steve Nash is an excellent three-point shooter. We have to close out. All right, we think he's going to pass or he's crafty at finishing out the rim. Let's keep it at the rim, make him finish over us. And he would hit the floater regularly. D'Antoni was not this three-point-obsessed madman that he became with the uh, Rockets until he met up with Daryl Morey. To me, Daryl Morey is the reason that we've seen, like you said, the fast breaks where everybody runs to the three-point line. To me, that is nonsense. Like, what? Again, not only is Daryl Morey responsible for teams shooting more threes, he's responsible for teams shooting horrible He's responsible for guys chucking it up with with about 17 seconds left on the shot clock. A fairly contested shot is like, man, well, it's a three. It's better than a, a, a mid-range. <laughs> so but, to me, and, and here's – but hold on now. Here's why I say he's more impactful. Because at the end of the day, every level of basketball now from Little League up is like trying to jack up threes like crazy. True, true. Like, don't get me wrong. Steph was part of what ushered in the the pulling up from 35 feet. But also, that was partly due to LaMelo Ball and his nonsense. Even back in high school, LaMelo was pulling from 35 feet like it was nothing. So to me, there was a, there was a multitude, and James Harden as well, was pulling from wild deep. To me, this Daryl Morey and this Moneyball thing, it – we are going to watch the NBA pendulum swing to where every team is taking 43s a game. 
And then we're going to realize, oh, no, every team should not be shooting 43s a game, and it'll swing back. (laughs) The 76ers are literally in first place in the East, possibly going to be first place in the NBA when it's all said and done, because they very simply realize, hey, um, Ben can't shoot threes, and uh, Joel is best on the block. Like, that's literally their whole thing. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole deal. They don't say, oh, we need a three or we need a layup. They say, get the best shot. And they do that. Even but, though Darren Morey is the GM. GM yeah, he's the, he, I was just about to say, Darren Morey is the GM over there. But, but this is where this is where Darren Morey doesn't get enough credit at. He's a Houdini when it comes to taking a steal on a trade. He got all Horford out of there and got Seth Curry over there and Danny Green. Now, hey, Danny Green got a bad rap, but he still is the finals leader in three-pointers made. Hey, listen, I'm never going to disagree with the fact that the matter is Daryl Morey has made every team that he's going to better. I'm not going right. to disagree with In a regular season, Daryl Morey will get you wins that you probably wouldn't have got from anybody else. However, there is no lie. But just like if – have y'all seen the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill? Yeah. Now, what did they say about Moneyball in the playoffs? Hey, it worked great in the regular season, but – in the playoffs, when you just needed a but, winner to win. But here, here's my thing. Happen. Here's my thing with Daryl Morey, though. Um, I can't necessarily attribute to, regardless if it, if it's been negative or positive. In most cases, in my opinion, it's, it's been negative just for the sake of analytics. Teams have, have taken ridiculous three point attempts over the course of the past few seasons. But what have Daryl Morey had the gall to attempt? to implement that style of basketball if it wasn't started by the Spurs, which was efficient, and then Steph Curry and Klay Thompson torched the Legion after that, which was efficient. He just did an unefficient version of what they did, but if those teams never had that success, would Daryl Morey have done the same thing? I mean, I, I see it like this. The To me, the natural conclusion of there is there are many things in life that some people consider art and some people don't. To me, sports is considered an art. It is more art than science. You cannot reduce sport to a perfect science. For example, there will be uh, uh, Michael Johnson out of Georgia Tech. He's a, He was a defensive end slash outside linebacker. He got drafted by the Bengals. Now, by science, he is one of the best defensive linemen of all time. He has freaky long arms. He had great bends. He was fast as any defensive lineman that they'd ever seen up to that point. He was strong as an ox. Right. In practice, in the the art of it, he did not, he could not put it together. No offense to Michael Johnson whatsoever. He had a wonderful career. Uh, he had a good career. But any career that gets to the NFL, you did great for yourself. But if we're looking at what the science said he should have been as opposed to the art. The art is the difference. Again, the ability to do in in practice is always different from theory. So would Daryl Morey have had the the gall to do it if it wasn't for those teams? I believe so, simply because he has such a strong analytic background. That's that's the only thing. And and, and that's where I'm going to disagree with you too, Guyton. Because if you look at Daryl Morey's career, every time the game changes, he gets the data and he tries to emulate – the, the strengths, sure. the bits and pieces of all the successful systems in that season or that, mm-hmm. that current time period. So he took bits and pieces of each. If you go back, even when the uh, Dwight Howard led Rockets with James Harden on the bench, he took the approach from who? 
the uh the big big monsters down low throwing lobs yeah. lob city clippers he took that approach to them and he got dwight howard over there so yeah. that was the team i was winning so daryl morey takes whatever's the hot team and he takes bits and pieces of their game and adds the analytics to it that supports his argument and he implements new systems so that's what he does so from yes yes you have to see curry and them do it first but he saw the suns do it he saw a lot of other teams do it first so and he Spurs, just put it on steroids. He gave and, he, it and he he just mag- <laughs> like he does everything. He magnified it. And for, for for the folks who got Disney Plus, he put it on the uh, Super Soldier serum. He said, "Listen, <laughs> right, I'm a, it's gonna be a more intensive version of what you already are. That's what he, I'm gonna get." I mean, he completely ignored what made it work. He was just like, "You can shoot. All right, come on. Hey, come on. Hey, come no, on. no, 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 no. I will say this though: what Curry has done, like we talked off air about many times, you can't teach that." Like exactly. you, can't, you, you're never gonna find a Steph Curry. Okay, so the thing is, Maury's right. Yes, three is better than two. If you go down there and you hit seven for ten on threes, and they go nine for ten on two, you will win the game still because you're gonna get one more point a game, uh, one mm-hmm. more point a trip down the court. However, Steph Curry is an outlier, dude. Exactly. He, 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 nobody shoots like Steph Curry. Nobody shoots like Clay Thompson. You don't and have either. Now, I, I didn't even see the end of the Boston. I, I saw it at the end, but I had to turn it off for a minute. After I seen Steph get an and one left hand backwards, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm not. This, <laughs> and again, <laughs> this again being, Steph, yeah. Curry's, Steph Curry's father was a great shooter in his era. He was a great shooter in his decade. If somebody paid all three of us a billion dollars a piece and said, if you can shoot like Steph Curry, in three years, you literally can do whatever you want with this billion dollars to shoot like Steph. In three years, you quit your job, leave your old lady or old ladies alone, <laughs> whatever you got going on else in your life, just practice shooting like Steph. We will not be able to do it. We won't. Yeah. It will, we won't. Even if you gave an NBA player a billion dollars and said do it, they won't be able to do it. Like it's not even exactly. anybody. Like it's 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 a gift. It's honestly a gift. Just like exactly. some people, gift is 40 inch vertical, Steph, 40, 40, 40 foot three pointer. Like, exactly, exactly. So, to me, the, the fact that people are even trying to emulate it, and, it, and I do agree that Steph has been wildly impactful on the game. Now, let me, yeah. let me not, let me make no bones about that. Steph has been wildly impactful on the game. However, I don't, I don't think that anybody changed everybody's system in the way that Daryl Morey has, in that everybody now is going super small. Nobody did that before Daryl Morey and them. The Warriors weren't even going small before Daryl Morey and them. As small, excuse yeah, me, yeah. as small little lineups as Daryl Morey was doing. They before had Ezeli over there. They had Bogut over there. Exactly, exactly. So to me, that's that's the most uh, that's the most impactful guy to basketball in the last forty years. No disrespect to Phil Jackson in the triangle as well. That's another one. That you got to put some respect on it. When I mean, talking hey, that Dale Morey tried that for a minute at one point too, <laughs> and everybody and their mama tried that triangle, and they was like, "Wait, what you mean? You need a, a Mike, a Pippen, uh, or a Kobe to run this? What you mean, bro? Like this should be easily replicable." But anywho, um, in our in our next thing, we we talk about how players have autonomy. We talk about how. You know, Phil Jackson was the master of giving his players autonomy. Henceforth, him telling uh, uh, Dennis Rodman, go on, man. We don't need to see you for another two weeks. Go enjoy yourself. Go party. Go do what you got to do. 
But uh, apparently Steve Nash is taking that to another level with this Ky- third eye Kai character. No, I'm just playing with Kyrie <laughs> Irving. And uh, Kyrie Irving has taken a lot of personal days. Now, we have at least nine days listed as personal day or nine games missed uh, due to personal days so far this season. Um, and he has missed a total of 21 of their 57. Am I correct in saying that? 21 of their 57? Uh, not even 17, I think. Yeah, 17. Yeah. So he's missed 17 of their yeah, how many he games? Played, he played in 40. He played in 40 this year. So it's oh, so he's missed, he's missed 17 of their 57 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's missed about a third of their games. Um, is this going too far with Kyrie? Like, is this is this something that you like, hey, man, you got to get up and play? Is this – I don't even know how to tackle this, man, because I think when we first got this team put together, when we were looking at um, when they finally got hard and they started doing all of these um, trades to get this whole team together, regardless of how we thought this thing was going to blow up, we saw the talent on this team and we was like, they're going to find a way to make it work. But with everything going on with Kyrie right now and Durant getting injured again and we don't know what Harden is going to do in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this thing like go off the rails like early in the playoffs. And I think we need to start seriously considering whether or not Kyrie should like be playing basketball. From a skill standpoint, he's one of the most skilled guards we've ever seen. But, ever. At, the same t- but at the same time, it's just like... He would do something so filthy to Bob Cousy <laughs> if you put him back there. They would hang him on the court. They would lynch that man right on the court. They did he just did he has he has he tween step back yeah. with a sham god on the end. Get the noose. Get it. Please get it. <laughs> you know. Chris, what you thinking, man? Is this is this too many days man. off for Kyrie? Is, does he need to retire or what what are we looking at? But the thing about it is, and I, I said off air to you guys. I look at talent about wake up out the bed and just go play basketball. No stretching, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Just wake up out the bed, pick up a ball, and just go get buckets. Kyrie is probably top 10, top 5 in the league at doing that. Get yeah. out the bed, got the ball on the string. So, to me, it's not really affecting his play, but it's affecting the team in a way. Because now, we brought it up earlier today. We in Miami playing, playing Brooklyn. Kyrie got all this personal time off. Hey, 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 Nash, Nash, this hard. What's up? What, what's up with me sliding the ocean dry tonight? I promise I'll be low key. I'll wear my hoodie. <laughs> Nobody will see me. I'll wear a mask. I'll wear. I'll, I'll wear a mask. Cannot, can, can, can I go to ocean drive real quick? Cannot, <laughs> cannot, can I go get some lemon pepper wings real quick? You, you making, you making an example of this behavior. Now we know James Harden is a professional most times. So I don't think he'd do that in the playoff settings when it's when he could get sidelined for 14 days for protocol. But you open that window for that opportunity. You open the the the, the area for stuff like that to happen. And to me, Steve Nash is not being a assertive coach. Cause if I tell you what, if Nate McMillan was over there, Kyrie all these personal days, Kyrie, I don't need you, Kyrie. Bye. Bye. Hey Kyrie. Hey Kyrie, if David Miller not coach and you need a personal day, you can personally go to Minnesota. You can you know, personally, you, you know, can personally go play for and, who's the worst team and, in the league and, right now. You can personally go play for. Well, you can personally go to the Timberwolves. You know what? You can personally go to Detroit. You was up there in the Midwest in Cleveland. Come on, listen, man. Come listen, on. listen. If Greg Popovich was Kyrie coach, 
No, he'd be like, I give you rest days, Kyrie. That's all. That's enough. Because Greg Papa rests his players. But personal Absolutely. days, for personal reasons, I get it, Kyrie. The world right now is jacked up. But this is your job. Your, your job is to go out there and play basketball. And if you got too much personal stuff going on, take a break. You you can retire and come back. You can retire right. and come back. It's been done several times by several players. As I have always said about the players and their, their protests and things from the beginning, from the beginning, I'm fine with the protest. I'm glad to see the protest. My question is, how far are you willing to go? How much are you willing to dedicate to the cause, right? And I'm not saying, oh, I don't believe in Kyrie's uh, advocacy. I don't believe that he's taking the right step. Not saying any of that. What I do believe, however, is if you are going to uh, dedicate this amount of time out of your life to your advocacy, to your different social issues, causes, to your family, you must also be prepared for the scrutiny that comes with it. Again, we are nobody will argue with you that Kyrie is top three skilled point guards ever. Right. Nobody will argue that with you. With that comes certain expectations. And that's just the nature of the beast. You will never be able to outrun that because when you are when you are seen as a guy who wherever you go, you elevate your team a level. Right? Like, there's only one LeBron that, like, okay, wherever you go, that team is now a championship contender. We don't care who's there. That team, we now believe it's a championship contender. Whether it actually is or is not. Uh, um, see the first year he got to the Lakers. That team was nowhere near championship contention. But because LeBron was there, all of a sudden, everybody believed they would be. That's a different level. That's a, you breathe wrong, we on your neck. That's, that's that level. Kyrie is at a level, a, a uh, Giannis level, a Kawhi level, a the level where people believe that you take the team up a level or two from where they're at. Maybe not necessarily the champion, but we expect you to be in the playoffs. We expect you to go deep if you have Kyrie on your team. I'm not sure if he's that high. But that's the thing. Yeah. I don't agree with it. It's the perception. It's not the yeah. reality. It's the percent. Again, the Lakers first year LeBron was there. The reality, even LeBron healthy, that team was not a championship team. That was a maybe seven seed, maybe one or maybe five seed, one series win. Maybe. Absolute perfect health. But people in their minds created, oh, they're a champion. With Kyrie, if you look at the Cavaliers, if you look at him with the Celtics, if you look at him with all these different teams, the, the evidence is there. He actually does not elevate your team those two, three levels that, or those one or two levels right. that you think, but the perception is out there. So with that being said, Kyrie, you got to know that the criticism is coming. You got to know that the heat is going to be on you. And so for me, do what you got to do, Kyrie. Be the advocate that you are. Be the social justice. Um, be the the fighter for social justice issues that you are. Be the family man that you are that you want to be. But just be aware that the the heat is going to come. And also, is it becoming too much? Absolutely. If you're missing one-third of the games, there's no way that you can say it doesn't. Just like you said, Chris, the 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 star doing what he wants never exhibits itself in the second best guy doing what they want. Yeah. When you look at that uh, Rockets team last year with James Harden, who was the one who got out of line and did something that put the team in jeopardy and sent himself home? 
Daniel House. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's never the second in command. The second in command knows I have to be here just in case the star who's always doing nothing does some more nothing. But what happens is one of the guys on the team is going to say, if he ain't got to do it, why do I? Right. What do you look like telling this man, you got to get back on defense. You got to run harder. Kyrie missing his fifth straight game for personal reasons, bro. I'm not hearing it. I'm just not. I'm sorry. I mean, you you could do it with everybody, even if you go back to LeBron on the Lakers the first round. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure he knew the coach that season. I mean, I know he tried his hardest when he was on the court, but his defense was suspect. So he was like, look, he's he's still growing as a leader. He said he came out the next year. LeBron was legitimately, for the first half of the season, a defensive player of the year candidate. Right. At one point. Yeah. So yeah. that made the drive for the Lakers to want to play defense. So it all starts from from that point, and it's a trickle-down effect. Like Again, said, your captain, your alpha, has to be the alpha. Your leader has to be the leader. That just that That is how it has to work. The Nets, number one, they don't have a clear leader. But if you are to prompt Kyrie in that role, what are you sending down the line? What are you sending to the uh, what's what's the what's the young guys, whoever they got Sham? Uh, what's yeah, Landry Shamit? Um, Landry Shamit and and, uh, and they those got guys. Claxton over there. What are you sending to Claxton? What are you sending them? Because again, he ain't been rich as long as you. He ain't been out there. <laughs> right. He still ain't enjoyed the fruits of his. He got rich during the pandemic, so he ain't really been out. The vaccine is rolling. Things are opening back up. Certain forms of entertainment, which were previously not privy to him, <laughs> opening back up. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know how that goes. So he's got to show up more. You, Kyrie knows that his body is naturally one that's prone to some injuries here and there. With that being said, use your injury time as your personal time. Use that. Go do what you got to do whenever you get hurt. Hey, uh, I'm gonna do everything I can for rehab, but also I need to be away from the team. What I what I don't like is he got ejected from a game, right? Mm-hmm. Then took personal time the next game, the following game. And I get it. They were playing in Minnesota, and a, a terrible thing happened in Minnesota. And I don't even want to talk about it on air right now because I don't even feel like getting worked up. But oh, absolutely. I, I absolutely. get it. I get it. But you just got ejected for, for little to nothing because someone called you out your name on the court. When I'm pretty sure Kyrie's been – he's been a jerk to teams. He waved the Pistons off when they swept him. I mean, you ain't have to do that. Everybody knew y'all was going to sweep them. You ain't have to wave bye-bye to the Pistons. Nobody came at you. Nobody came at your neck. You get what I'm saying? And you take off a personal game the next game. He was he was pissed that Stanley Johnson said that he was in LeBron's head. That's what happened. Also, Stanley Johnson, Stanley Johnson, wherever you are, if you hear this, go to hell. Go to hell for doing that. There was no reason for you to do that. We had a shot at getting one game. Is he still in Toronto? Nah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe okay. so. And yeah. Gibbs, by the way, you were really wrong about that Stanley Johnson uh, is Anthony Edwards is Stanley Johnson with a Gucci belt because Anthony Edwards is actually <laughs> I Listen, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again, okay? I was really wrong about <laughs> Anthony Edwards. Yeah. I'm sorry. He gave me big Anthony Bennett vibes. He gave me huge Anthony Bennett vibes. I wouldn't I go as far as Anthony Bennett, but I was I was very skeptical. Going into the wait, 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 going into the draft, he did not give you this kid got bust written all over. 
I was I was going bust. Anthony Bennett is a whole different. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, regardless of how bad, regardless of how bad he was, Anthony Edwards is gonna give us ten years in the league, regardless. You know, you know how bad Anthony Bennett was. He's like such a bust. You literally cannot make an excuse for why he was bad. There I were think no that, injuries. Yeah. There <laughs> that's was gotta like, be the worst you, bust of all time, bro. That has to be. Well, I. I mean, Hasim the beat, Hasim the beat is up there, but at least he has size. You know what I mean? I mean, here's here's the only reason I wouldn't consider Anthony Bennett the worst bust ever. Who expected Anthony Bennett to be good? It's a very serious question. Who yeah. before the draft was like Anthony Bennett is it? He's I'm the somebody that would consider myself a basketball savant. When they drafted Anthony Bennett, I was like, I've never heard of this man before in my life. Bro, everybody, every, <laughs> and here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That year, I was looking at the, the draft, and I said, oh, the Cavs for sure go trade this number one. Like, yeah. there's no reason to keep this number one. There's nothing there to keep the number one for. When I saw Anthony Bennett walk out on that stage, I said, yo, Wow. They they really are selling, and I and they still got me to believe in them enough to think that they was gonna make at least the play in this year in the East. Boy, I tell you, boy, I tell you, always selling, always selling. Because I tell you what, again, if they simply said, you know what, Kevin, go out there and play. You know what, Andre, we're not trading you. Stay here and like it. They be in the playoffs right now. If you look in the East, they be in the playoffs just based off that alone. But Cavs always sell it. So, anywho, um, so with this being said, with with Kyrie sitting out as much as he has, with everything going on with KD's injury scenario, what do y'all see as the floor for this Brooklyn Nets team? And what do you see as the ceiling? The floor. Um, the floor is the Heat uh, winning both games in this play-in tournament, going against the Nets in the first round, and Jimmy Butler putting the Nets out the playoffs. Whoa, 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 slow, slow down, run that back, run that back, run that back, run that back. Say it one more time, a little slow, because I, I, I got to, I got to, I got to, let me give me a pen and paper. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He, he put some tapatio hot sauce whoa, on that whoa. tape. Look, 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 look. God, I got me a pen. Let me give me some paper, the man. Texas now you said, let me, let me write this down. Let me make sure I got you right. Let me make sure I got you right. The floor for the Brooklyn Nets. Is them going to the playoffs, them having these internal, these internal struggles, the Nets winning, I mean the Heat winning both games in the playoff tournament, and Bam and Jimmy Butler putting the Nets out the playoffs in the first round. Okay. And I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's something that's that's far fetched. So wait, you are you saying that you you would believe worst case scenario that the Nets slide down to the play in and lose the two? No, 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 no. The Nets He's are saying- the Nets are gonna be the two seed. Oh, you're saying and, that the and the, and the okay. Heat are going to be the seventh seed. The Heat are going to win both of their. The Heat are going to be the seventh seed. They're going to win. Oh, win you're saying that first game. round. Okay, so you're saying after the Heat win that play in, they're going to put the Nets out first round. Okay, yep. I got you. I got you. I got you. And then their their ceiling is um. That's less spicy than I thought. That's oh, less yeah, spicy. Than no, I they're thought. not that, down to seven. Yeah. That's, nah, reason. that's okay. still pretty spicy. No. That's pretty they're, spicy. I mean, it's spicy, but it's not like it's not crazy spice. Their ceiling is NBA championship. Mm. If this team is is mm. healthy and they just like, hey, let's just go play basketball, regardless of what issues you may have, or regardless of 
you if you got Kyrie, KD, and Hard on the floor and they're healthy, like is there is the objective of basketball is to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, and they got three of the top, maybe ten guys in the league are doing it. And it's very rare that these big three teams don't win. Yeah. So if you look at the big threes throughout history, I mean, none of them as are as talented, especially offensively, as these three players. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Chris, what what is the floor? What's the ceiling? What you think? Okay. Considering KD just got injured and James Harden is still out on injury, but he's coming back. We know Harden's going to come back. The Bucks are three games below. No, they're yeah, they're three 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 and a half games below the Nets. Giannis mm-hmm. just came back from injury, which is why the Bucks dropped so low. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie playing by himself for the next two weeks, roughly, depending on what they find in KD's X-ray, and depending on James Harden's timetable. I do think that gap closes, and I think the Bucks jumped them in worst case scenario. That is why I think this is this is why I think this is the worst case scenario for the Nets. That being said, they would play the Knicks in the first round. Ooh. So Brooklyn and New York City in the first round. Something that we always dreamed of. Oh, the worst case scenario is the Nets win this series when everybody come back, but they lose two games to the Knicks. They go to six games with the Knicks. That's worst case scenario. That is horrible because then you put New York back on the map to sign those big free agents. Because y'all was winning the battle signing all the free agents, but you let the Knicks win two games, they're back on the map to but be I mean that. The- the Nets can't. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, so that it's it's not about what the next Nets can or cannot sign. This is about what the Knicks can gain yeah. just from winning. Because the, the the Knicks have a lot of young players. They got a lot of cap space coming. So if okay. you give the Knicks that close to beating you, if I'm a let's just say if I'm a what player coming if I'm a Demar Derozan and I say not now granted Demar Derozan doesn't move the needle as much as he used to, but Demar Derozan on this Knicks team this year they'll be a top five team. Yeah, for sure. So, so if I'm the Nets and I let the Knicks win, DeMar DeRozan go over there and sign. Kyle Lowry go over there and sign. You know what I'm saying? They start getting some pieces. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. So what do you think their ceiling is? Do you agree that their ceiling is NBA? Yeah, yeah. When you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, your ceiling should be championship. It should be. Honestly, this should be championship or bus year for them. Honestly, honestly. So I'll I'll tell you what. Now, their ceiling is finals runner-up. Their ceiling is finals runner-up to me. This team has entirely too many internal problems. They have entirely too many. What you talked about with what happened in Minnesota, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not going to stop. That is one of the parts yeah. of America. That is I don't even want to bring continue. it up. So I don't even want to bring it up, man. <laughs> if that is a point for Kyrie to no longer show up, to the games or to practice. I'm sorry to tell you, Kyrie will be very scarce at games and practice going forward. That's just the reality. That's just the reality of this. Kevin Durant and his injury history. I told y'all before this season started, a seven footer with lower body problems, it never gets better. It only gets worse and worse and worse over time. James Harden is James Harden. I mean, do you know how wild it is that you can say I have a big three and James Harden is my most reliable asset of the three? That is not a good statement to make. (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you that's not a good statement. So 
to me, their ceiling, if everybody's healthy and they, yay, we're good, we can play now, we're going to listen to Steve and Amari Stoudemire, sure, you're going to lose in the finals. Um, the floor, I agree with Guyton. First round exit. First round exit mm-hmm. is the floor because I think that they've done enough and they have enough to where, and the East is bad enough to where they're going to get in the playoffs. There's, they have, they there's, have to meet up with Miami, though. I don't see any other team on the lower half that they lose to in the first round. I, I'll tell you what. I can see them losing to Miami or the Knicks. I, I could see it. Not the Knicks. I can't see the Knicks. Not, the Knicks. not, not it's yet. Still, it's still the Knicks. Let me, let, the me Knicks. Tell you why, let me tell you why I could see them losing to the Knicks. Let me tell you why. Tibbs' style is perfect to combat them. Of all the teams that played those LeBron Heat teams the best, who were the two that we would all agree, yeah, they played the best? The Spurs and the Bulls. And the, Bulls. Yeah. the Spurs and the Bulls. You might be able to say the Pacers too. Yeah, don't don't leave McMillan out. Don't leave McMillan. Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not. McMillan did his thing. Had Danny Granger been healthy, I truly believe that he would be the the one B to uh, pop in there. But he just did not have the horses in the stable. Like no offense, but I mean, he made us think Roy Hibbert was good. Like that's a hell of a coach. That's a hell of a coach. (laughs) You can't you can't say nothing else about Roy Hibbert. Proved to us as soon as he left. Uh, Indiana, like, oh, it was the system. It wasn't you. So, with that being said, to me, Tibbs knows better than anybody. This is how you get into this guy defensively. This is how you get into this guy defensively. So, with that being said, I could see the Knicks beating them. I could see, especially, now, mind you, if KD gets hurt again, if if you just got Kyrie and Harden against the Knicks, I could see the Knicks winning that series. I could see it. Because, again, they the, the Nets will have the two best players on the court, and they have the best shooter on the court in Joe Harris. Sure. Sure. Beyond that, what else do they have the best of? They're not going to have the best well, rebounds I mean, on the court. They're not going to have the best defenders. We Blake Griffin in the playoffs in a long time. <laughs> oh, go to hell, Chris. Go to hell. Go straight to hell. Apparently, he's good right now. now. He, he said, apparently, I've been called trash like I was trash for the last Yeah, time. you did. You point shade. You point shade, Blake. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. You point shade, all right? But anywho, I know y'all had enough of us talking about the play-in and the playoffs and, and all of these players taking days off. But we're going to let y'all go now. Come on back the next week and the week after that and the week after that. Next week will be our first week streaming from our channel, Facts Over Acts on Twitch. Next week will be our first week streaming from there. So please come on back and uh, we'll we'll get you right again on all your sports news. All right. Peace and love, y'all. You had enough.